When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're searching for a relationship and you feel like you need a relationship, you know what you feel like you need it for? Fulfillment. What role does a man play in that woman's life? It's going to be about more than lips and hips at that point. One of the most principled voices in the relationship space, father, husband, pastor, all of the above, is coming here to game us up today. We are in here with R.C. Blakes. Welcome to Harlem. When should a woman, though, like when should you properly bring a man into your life? If all else fails, fall back on your booty. What exactly do you do to put yourself in a position where you would even be willing to trust a man for the first time? Like, what can I do to change? Oh, please, please. Most of the voices in the world today are... Welcome to Harley Initiated. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson, here with another episode of my co-host, Ryan Ketchins. I just want to give a shout out to HI, man, because every time we touch the platform, we just get bigger and bigger guests. And, and uh, Listen, we about to bless the people. Yeah, highly anticipated. Is this not the number one guest, the comments, the requests, what y'all been asking for, yeah. we have done it, y'all. <laughs> Because listen, when I tell you we have brought here one of the most principled voices in the relationship space to hardly initiated, yes, father, husband, pastor, all of the above is coming here to game us up today. We are in here with R.C. Blakes. Welcome to Harley. Man, thank you for having me. I'm honored. I um. I love the work you guys are doing, and I'm I'm just glad that we finally got a chance to make this happen. It's Us too. You yeah. had some you had some serious people sitting <clears throat> sitting in this seat I'm in though. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Honestly, it's a it's a huge blessing, and yeah. uh, it surprises me still when we get you know yeah. really really big time guests. Amazing. It's it's amazing, and um, it's not only amazing for us; it's amazing for the audience. But uh, it really is very special to me and Tyshawn, especially when we get the OGs come no, through. No, the OGs. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, you know, that's, that's the biggest gap we have in right now, generationally, Correct. is making sure that information is passing down. Correct. So today we're going to be that liaison. And we're really going to go ahead and give it to the people because you got a wealth of knowledge. Um, one of the world's favorite um, pieces that you've put together to this day is that book Queenology mm -hmm. here yes, sir. that um, has really changed a lot of lives. We hear the reviews and the testimonies awesome. from the people that have read your book. A lot of our family, initi the initiates, have told us how it's impacted them. So we want to really? talk about, absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So we want to talk about a bit of that today. Um, and if you can, a bit before I even go too deep into it, the book Queenology, can you kind of give the people some feedback about what that's about and, you know, what inspired you to put that, that work together? Well, let me uh, see if I can give you a brief synopsis of it. Um, this has to be 20 years ago. I'm, I'm sitting in my bed and uh, I'm going through, I think it, I don't know if it was my, my space or one of the 
social media platforms, maybe Facebook. And there's this beautiful young woman that is kind of posting and she's saying to the ladies, you know, use your brains, use your connections, use this, use that. But then she concludes the post with, if all else fails, fall back on your booty. And so here's this beautiful, clearly educated young woman. She's clearly educated by her use of language and punctuation. And she's encouraging other women to use their sexuality as a success strategy. Mm. And the father in me, I'm the father, the biological father of three girls. The father of, in me was, was heartbroken. And I asked God while sitting in that bed, I said, where, where, where does this come from? You know, and Holy Spirit said to me, she's not had the father-daughter talk. That's where this whole movement of me talking to women, it started in that moment. I put together uh, a series of sermons that I brought to my local church called the Father-Daughter Talk. <clears throat> and I thought once I got through preaching those messages, I would be done with it. I would have given to the women of my congregation the things your father should have shared with you. Well, from there it turned into, this is what people calling me all over the country to talk about. It then turned into a book entitled The Father-Daughter Talk. It then turned into conferences, and it turned into a movement. And so the next step was queenology. Once we deal with, you know, the, the basic issues in, in many women's hearts and souls in the United States of America, at least, that goes back to the fact they did not have proper fathering. Either he was, you know, physically absent or emotionally disconnected, or he bought into the idea that a man's relationship with his daughter is only financial, take care of and protect her, and once she's grown, she's gone. That started a movement, and then the movement began women coming from everywhere, calling from everywhere, and then Holy Spirit said, well, now you got to address the consciousness of the woman. You've dealt with mm. why she's, you know, getting caught up in all of these relational um, soul ties and what have you. But now you got to deal with her consciousness, which is where queenology, queenology, the study of queens. Mm. And so we started from a father's perspective, teaching women how they must adjust their thought life. Usually when people hear the term queen, they think about a position. Mm -hmm. And it's not a position, it's a disposition. That when a mm -hmm. woman that is queen conscious walks in this room, everybody recognizes because her presence is um, projected from her very energy and her essence. There's, there's a self-awareness that leaves an impression on any environment when a woman is queen conscious. A queen conscious woman is what eligible young men like yourselves are looking for. Mm. You're looking for that woman who's so secure in herself but yet walks with such a humility, who has her own thing going but yet is empowered to support whatever you're doing. That's where that's the long Baptist preacher answer. That's where Queenology came from. Man, 
First of all, are you cooking already? I already. Because That's where it came from. I got so many questions now. Because at the, let's let's keep it. Let's start at the base level. Let's really build up so people can really understand right. this this um this teaching. Because what would you even define as as a queen? You gave a you, you kind of started going into some traits. Mm-hmm. But what would you define like? What is that queen? Uh, a queen, conscious woman is a woman that is focused on self-mastery. You know, most, most young women, well, <clears throat> sad to say, but even older women today mm. are so focused on um, attention, you know, trying to find affirmation from some external source that she's not gone inside. Queens are focused on self-mastery to the point that she's never tripping over her relational status. She's so married to her purpose. She's so married to the creator's reason for putting her on the planet that, you know, she'll look up and she'll realize, okay, well, I ain't got no man. I ain't married. Oh, God, what you doing with that, you know? But then she'll get back on her grind relative to self-mastery self-awareness you know where she she combs through all of her history she locates and dis, disengages all of her triggers she knows who she is you know uh queens uh, queen conscious women are focused on self-sufficiency they're not looking for a man as a come up mm. nor are they down on a man who may not have as much money as them because they understand that life, as Jesus put it, is more than the abundance of the things a person may have. So when you start thinking about, you know, queens and queen conscious women, queens have maintained royal circles. You know, if I, I've been married 29 years to be 30 in July, but I'm sure you guys young and good-looking, educated, articulate, popular, rich. You know what I mean? I'm certain that you're paying very close attention to the kinds of women that a woman might run with. You, know? uh, you have to. Am I right? You have Huge. to, absolutely. Well, a lot of them, you know, a lot of people try to write me off with this, but, you know, um, I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this a while. <laughs> and so, you know, when you start thinking about a queen-conscious woman uh, she self-actualizes, mm. you know, there's a, okay, there's a vision of herself that she has on the inside that she's always striving for, you know, mm. like in certain messages, we have certain communities, we have this thing where we rate people. Is she a, you know, what is she from one to one 10? To 10 right. You know what I mean? Right. And of course, I don't subscribe to that. I don't think anybody can rate another person. Mm. Well, a queen, she rejects that. She rejects you and I or us as men rating her. But at the same time, she has her own internal rating system where she knows if she's showing up in the world at her best or not. There's, there's, a, there's a 10 that you have in your head. There's a 10 that you have, there's a 10 I have in my head. Yeah. We know if we're hitting it or not. And so she's governed internally by her own internal system 
relative to how she sees herself. Mm. It sounds like an amazing, amazing woman. Incredible. Yeah. It's a healthy woman. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a woman that has either been raised with a father to know her worth, that has had the honest impartation of a father relative to what's what the world is like, what's going to be expected of her, uh, loved enough that, you know, she's secure within herself. And so when she shows up in the world, she's not showing up broken. Now, women that didn't have that, of course, you know, God has provided means, therapy, voices and what have you, that we can put things on track. But it's really the projection of a healthy woman. See, now, that's, wh- that's a really important thing to talk about right there because the one of the biggest problems with our society is the men nor the women are getting the coaching that they need in you know from the uh, the the masculine leadership at scale especially in the household we haven't done a good job at that these last few generations Mm -hmm. so if a woman is in a situation where she does did not have that father or did not have that masculine leadership what does she need to do? Because most guys, you know, we in the circles, guys are saying she ain't got no pops. Correct. Bam, call her off. But I think there's more to that. Correct. So wh- how does that, <clears throat> what, what does it need to look like? There is a lot more to that. Now, um, this, is, um, this is a challenge because most of the voices in the world today are most of the masculine voices in the world today, even the feminine voices in the world today, are broken. We have, we have a lot of people with massive platforms that are spewing toxicity over a whole generation. So for me, not assuming that everybody's a Christian, I am, and my document is the Word of God, so I can only share with you what I know works. I would say to a woman that's not had the impartation of a father to really turn inwardly and search for a, an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, not religion. I'm not talking about Sunday morning and clapping on the two. No, no, I'm talking about an authentic relationship with Christ where, where God really comes alive in you. Take your focus off of your trauma, your pain, your, your, your relational desires, your history, and develop that relationship with Christ. And as you develop that relationship with Christ, pray for God to give you prophetic voices, a pastor that re- not entertains you, but a pastor that speaks to you and something comes alive in you. And as you nurture that, what you're going to discover is, and this is for men and women who've who've had um, father issues, what you're going to discover is God is going to be everything your natural father was not. Mm. Now, the reality is we are, in many instances, I was blessed to have an amazing father, the reality is we are in many instances without natural fathers, without the impartation of natural fathers, but we're never without a father. Our heavenly father is always in place. And when you, when you turn the focus towards him, what happens is the healing happens from the inside. 
The healing happens from the inside. And then then the Holy Spirit begins to guide you to healthy voices. Because a lot of these voices we're listening to on these platforms are demonic. These people are wounded and they're bleeding over a whole nation with microphones and cameras. That's why I love you guys so much. There's a pureness, there's a genuineness, there's an honesty. You know, we, we can see you guys growing, but pray for God to give you the voices. And of course, you're gonna need some therapy to work your way through certain things. But I have a woman sitting on the other side of the room, right over there, She's my wife. I don't go nowhere without her, unless yeah. I, you know, unless I just got to, she got something else to do or something. But 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm rocking with her. Well, watch this. She, her, her testimony is out there. She was the victim of childhood abuse, sexual childhood abuse at the hands of her own father. Mm. She had to emancipate herself as a teenager to take herself out of that environment. Wow. All she's ever known in her life was, I gotta take care of me. Broken beyond belief, you know? But it was her relationship with God. If you ever have a conversation with her, you'll find it was her relationship with God that stabilized her life. She then developed a relationship with the Word of God. She then developed a relationship with the church. She and I then got married. I didn't marry her until I knew I was a healthy enough man to be her husband. Uh, I know I'm going somewhere with that. And my point is, in the process of a woman developing or healing from all of the trauma, you're gonna have to be very, very careful about the man you let into your life. Mm -hmm. And as men, we have to understand that we have the responsibility. The question is often asked, what is a man providing? Women ask that question. Mm -hmm. Well, it's about more than money. A man provides a, an, an emotional safe place for a woman to heal. Because I don't care if she comes out of even the best of environments with the greatest pops in the world, there are still things that this world leaves on the soul of a woman that a husband is going to be empowered and anointed to bring healing to. So women that are in that position starts with God. It starts with a relationship with the word of God, which causes you to redefine yourself according to the creator's design and then praying for God to give you, not going out here choosing your type, mm. but praying for God to give you the kind of man that's anointed. You know, man, that's why, um, that's really how the Queenology message crystallized. It came from me walking my wife through her healing journey. I had to love her enough. I had to be man enough. I had to be substantial. I had to have the capacity to allow a woman into my heart. And she had to 
trusts me enough to let me into hers. And that's really how the whole Queenology movement uh, crystallized. It really came from the experiences I had with walking my wife out of her history of trauma and walking her into what we call queen consciousness. So you got me thinking about um, how me and my sister grew up, because I'm thinking about that father-child relationship. And when I think about our uh, relationship with our mom, I mean, she was around for everything. Everything yeah. we needed, every football game, every basketball game. Then I didn't know what I was missing out on, right? Mm -hmm. Not until, you know, I became an adult and I saw how important it would have been to have my father in the household. Correct. But being that, you know, a lot of the mothers are still taking that role, a lot of them trying to do as much as they can, as much as possible to be able to facilitate healthy growth and relationships for their children. But I still don't understand why the father-child relationship impacts self-esteem and this development in such a way. Like, why is that specific relationship so important to the foundation of becoming a queen? Uh, fathers for a, a girl provides uh, her first unconscious, unconscious sense of esteem. Fathers make their girls feel like when a, when a guy is healthy and he's doing his job right, he makes her feel like feel like she's the most beautiful thing in the world. When when my daughters walk in, everything stops. You know, fathers do that uh, intuitively, innately, and so when a girl has her mother in her life, of course, mothers are the stabilizers. But fathers are the ones that create the emotional stability that gives her the sense of, I'm enough. That's what a father does for a girl. That's what a father does for even a boy. You know, when, when, a, when a boy is um, revered in the eyes of his father, man, he feels like he can conquer the world. When a girl has a father present, not only as, you know, Minors, my girls, our older girls, first two, they were adults, educated, um, self-sustained financially. And one day they came to me and they said, hey, man, we got to have a conversation with you. We need you in our lives. Mm. Now, I had always been taught as a man, you know, I'm supposed to take care of you, protect you, keep the little boys away from you and raise you up. You gone, you grown, you're gone. And it was, it, they were as young women saying to me, no, man, we need you in our lives now more than ever. There's something about the presence of a father that makes a person, fathers give us a sense of security. You know, my, I'm, a, I'm a very grown man. I'm 59 years old. My father's been dead 10 years. That means I was uh, 49. Do you not know these last 10 years I felt the most insecure because Superman died? Mm. Most little girls have not had the opportunity to sit on Superman's knee. And so when a girl does not have the presence of a father, what happens is she may be unconsciously or subconsciously moving in this direction She's searching for the man that's going to affirm her. She's searching for the man that's going to make her feel like she's enough. She's searching for the man that's going to view her as the most beautiful. 
And this spills over into her relational choices. Now, I'm no mental health professional, mm. right? But I've dealt with enough people to understand that women make relational choices many times based on what they did or did not have in their fathers. Mm. And a lot of times women are choosing guys based on the deficiency their fathers left in them. When a, woman, when a woman has been raised by her father, loved and nurtured and protected by her father, there's only so much BS she's going to take from a man because she know daddy got her, you know? All three of my girls, yeah, they know I got them, you know? Their mama may not like it all the time, but they know, <laughs> she know I'm going to hold my girls down. They know I'm going to hold them down. And, but most women have not had that experience and so it spills over into poor choices in relationships, less than queen conscious standards. I did not even consider, because when I think about the father-child relationship, I really, in my mind, I'm thinking about from zero to 18. I didn't even think about what it would be like to, you know, if me and my sister had a father around, like right now, as Correct. adults. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, you know, uh, and I don't mean to take up all the time talking, no, no, that's what you're here to do. But exactly. Do you know, <laughs> seriously. This is, listen, this is needed. My father was my hero. Um, there was never a problem I had that I could, if I could get my dad on the phone, he may have said nothing more than, he had a very deep voice, and he's from, you know, New Orleans, so Bay, you know, we say Bay a lot from New Orleans. Be everything gonna be all right. Relax yourself. All I needed to hear was that. And I would go back into the world with the utmost confidence because my father said it. Now my mom could say, baby, it's gonna be all right. All right, mom, yeah, I got you, I hear you. But what my dad said, it's gonna be all right. That's Superman. Mm. That's the dude that's gonna hold me down. Every girl, every young man needs to have that in their lives. Because when, when you have that, it produces a confidence and a boldness like, you know. And I want to know this, too, because we had um, an episode that uh, we had a, 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 a woman on here. Big shout out to SB. She said something that kind of threw people off a bit when she stated the dangers of sisterhoods mm. and how she wasn't necessarily a big proponent of sisterhoods in particular as it related to, you know, women having the healthiest relationships. Correct. But, you know, so a lot of times if a woman doesn't have a good man around, she just surrounds herself with, she may just be able to surround herself with other women. Mm -hmm. Correct. So is that a threat to developing that queen consciousness? Or is that something that could potentially be a good substitute? Well, a queen conscious woman, as we outline in the book, um, only runs with a royal circle. The problem we're having today is that uh, women are, are running with um, what I call toxic sisterhoods. Mm. And the toxic sisterhood is as detrimental to the development um, of the woman as a toxic man. When a woman is surrounded by low-level women who, 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 you know, who, 
who are just uh, bottom feeders, she doesn't realize that that stuff is rubbing off on her. Many women, when, they, when, it, when it comes full circle, they discover the reason they lost two or three good men was because of the toxic women they were surrounded by. Wow. That's why I am a proponent of individuality. Work on you. Don't, don't, don't jump out the gate running for a relationship. Don't jump out the gate. Don't jump off the porch needing a, a circle to run with. Work on you. Know who you are. Know where you're going. Now you know who belongs in your life. Every woman should choose her circle very carefully. Don't choose your circle based on women that are going to appease you at the level you are now. Choose your circle on where you know you're going. Now, that applies even to us as men. You know, we can go and find, you can go and get your whole gang of uh, low vibrational men right now. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's but, easy. But when, when, you, when you're intentional as a man, when you're king conscious, mm. now, now you're really paying attention to how this guy moves. What kind of outcomes is he getting? Yep. I think women even the more, because women are given to... Um, Emotional promptings. It's easy to fall into a circle where women are telling you, girl, you right when you're absolutely wrong. Mm. Girl, you on top when you're absolutely at the bottom. You need women in your life where iron sharpens iron. You need women in your life that are going to say to you, girl, now you know, hey, you know, what is your internal rating? What's your 10? Write it down for me. What, what do you look like as a 10 in your own mind? Now, where are you at on that scale? That's the kind of sisterhood you need. Not these women that's all over the Instagram, turning their bottom to the camera, bouncing up and down to my meet me at the club. Uh-uh. <laughs> it ain't going to work. <laughs> You'll never get nowhere with that. Never get nowhere with that. As a woman, you never get nowhere with that. I appreciate that counsel very much um, because the ladies, they, they want to be queens. And the men, they want queens, you know, by their size. And I'm very curious, you know, once a woman, you know, becomes a queen, what role does a man play in that woman's life? And when I, when I, the specific man I'm talking about is a man that um, is either pursuing, pursuant of a long-term relationship with the woman or they're already in a committed long-term relationship. Well, you know, it, it's, um, when a woman is queen conscious, it means that she is at a, at a place where She's actualizing everything the creator has designed her to be. Now, what role does a man play in the life of a woman like that? Well, today, culture will say to you, well, if, if she's self-actualizing financially and say she's, you know, she's bringing in a half mil a year. Well, if he ain't making a half mil or more, he ain't got no role in my life. As if money is all there is to life. Mm. Queen conscious man or king conscious man brings more to the table. Now, he got to bring a work ethic and a grind. You can't give him no vision and a grind. He got to bring that to the table. But he may not be making a half mil. He may be making 100000 You know, that woman sitting over across the room for, from us, she was RN. I was a broke little preacher. She made much more money than, than I made when we got married. Wow. But I brought vision. I said, now, this is where we at. This is where we're going. And so she saw the vision. She saw the grind. 
And then I also brought a safe place emotionally. That's what men got to understand today, man. We got we to gotta stop all of this, this red pill rhetoric, this, this almost hatred of women. I'm leery of a guy that looked like he hate women. Mm. You know, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to locate you when you start talking like you hate women. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we, got to become the, we got to become the safe place. So a queen conscious woman, what does that guy bring into her life? He brings a safe place. He brings support. He brings vision because once the two come together, here's what I believe. The birthing of we is not the death of me. In other words, that lady didn't have to die off to her individuality to become a part of this union. I didn't have to die off to my individuality. We merged and we became something different and greater but it takes the individuality of both of us to create this thing that we now call marriage. So he brings a new level of success, a new level of empowerment, just, just a whole different perspective on what life can look like in the future when the two come together. I like that you say, stated that mm. because um, it's specifically about the, the Red Pill community. Simply because a lot of the content that's put out, it is masked in the idea that it's empowering. And not to say that it's not some level of empowerment that comes with these different types of messages. But as a woman and a man, do you think that it's okay to listen to content that may empower you, but also comes at the expense of potentially villainizing the opposite sex? No, it's not. It's not. It's not safe. It's like. It's like. What, what's the percentage on rat poison? What is it like? Ninety percent of it right, is, is right. edible. Ninety five percent of it is edible. It's like whatever the the smallest percent is the poisonous aspect of it. Mm. That's what you know. I mm. hear when I listen to red pill content. Now we almost got women that are as toxic as toxic men coming right. out with content that uh, is the reverse of red pill for for women. Um, it's, it's just enough truth to lure you in. It's just enough empowerment to lure you in. And then it feeds you this poison that pushes you away from the ultimate objective, which is to bring a man and, and a woman together. You know, no wonder the Bible says um, when a man finds a wife, he should cleave to her. In other words, if if you're a husband conscious man or a wife conscious woman you have to be in a place where you know how to separate the rhetoric and the noise of the world and in the bible it says from your mother and your father you have to even know how to separate their voices from the realities of what's going to go on inside of that healthy relationship mm. we cannot maintain healthy relationships today listening to 99% of this stuff that's uh, being spewed across social media it's the rat poison so i, I want to ask this too because i think it's important you talked about prior how important it is to bring a man into your life that's going to aid to this development when should a woman though like when should you properly bring a man into your life mm. is it when you have already risen to this queen consciousness or can you bring a man in your life while you are on the rise well i'll go back to our story um 
she and I developed together. You know what I mean? I think you have to at least be, when I say we developed together, this is what I mean specifically. She was healing from a lot of trauma that I, I just mentioned a few minutes ago. I was recovering from um, misogyny, mm. where I never believed I would be, never thought I wanted to be faithful, um, never thought I would ever be faithful, just had no, no concept until one day I had this encounter and I realized that to become the best version of myself as a man, I had to grow up. And so the first step on that journey was I realized that I had to get a handle on my sexuality. If I couldn't, if I couldn't master my sexuality relative to abstinence, uh, I could never be a faithful husband. Mm. And so when God showed me my vision and I realized this is where I, this is where I'm ultimately going. Long story short, I went and got my wife. I said, Hey, would you, will you be my wife? I was really ready to be a husband. And I, I was ready to embrace all of that. That means nurturing and protecting. And so we kind of grew together. You know, I, I was maturing as a man and she was healing as a woman. I was living my life in a way where she could trust me, first man in her life she could trust, yeah. right? And I was overcoming all of these ideas about, you know, a man is supposed to do what he want to do. These are the kinds of thoughts I was, I was being purged from. So a woman has to at least be at a place where she's far enough on her healing, far enough along on her healing journey where she's conscious of her triggers and her trauma. And she has to have a man that is at least spiritually in tune enough to be able to respect her pain and be man enough to assist in her healing and not compound her trauma. And then the two can begin to grow together. There has to be a shared vision. There has to be an honesty. You know, if we're still going around, let me check through your phone. Well, there's no basis for that. But if a man can show up in her life and he can say, hey, I want to be your husband. I want to be your man. And he can be consistent emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, you know, all of these ways. She can grow with that guy. But until she finds that guy, it's best for her to stay on her personal journey and continue to grow and heal because the wrong man is only going to set you back. And depending on where you at, the the wrong man will look like the right man. Correct. Because mm. your lens is just off, even just powerful for, for us as well as fellas. We talk. We we was just talking about the other day. A lot of us, even as men, have very toxic palates. Mm. Absolutely. You know, like what we, even we might we might be at the point we could identify a good woman, but we just might not be stimulated by her. Correct. Like our t what 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 gets our taste buds going is ratchetry. Correct. Well, you know, in speaking to that, what appeals to you today is going to be very different than what appeals to you 25 years from now. Right. You know what I'm saying? When I was a young man, it was hard to get past the visuals too. You know what I'm saying? I made a whole lot of 
mistakes, man, thought I was in love. I was purely in lust. Now as a 59-year-old man, it's nice that you're cute, <laughs> but I got, to, I got to feel you, what's happening between the ears. I got to feel what's in your spirit, you know what I'm saying? And so when, when, you, when you choose women or you choose a man based on the visuals, that's short-lived because it's not gonna be long from now that you're gonna need the, the, the content of a man's soul to come to the table. All you gotta do is have your first baby and you realize that every night is not gonna be about flowers and, and ice cream and chocolate candy. Right. And now we got responsibilities and we got real pressures. And now you need a man to show up with a healthy soul, you know? Or you need a woman that, when, you, when you're trying to figure your way through some major business decision, you need a woman that has a conversation. It's gonna be about more than lips and hips at that point. You got to have some brains. Or when you're in a spiritual place and you need a woman that can pray with you, oh, she's doing popping gum and got her lips greased up. Hmm. You're gonna need more than that. Yeah. Now well, you, I like that you broke that down, and I'm and my bad, Ryan, but I want to acknowledge that because I like that you broke down that it is possible for us to grow together because I think um, we've gotten away from that. We we got a real finish line mindset correct. as a culture. Correct. You know, everybody wants this complete version Perfection. of a man and a woman, and I think we've gotten away. I don't even think many of us, men or women, truly believe that you can bring your, you know, broke. Right. When, oh. when I say broke, I mean me as a man, me not having my money. Correct. Me not having my, my this together, me not having that together and really build with a woman right now in 2023. I think we have we don't even think that that is possible mm. at this point in time in our culture. Well, back to our story. I don't mean to just keep talking about our story, but, you know, you got to have proof of concept. You got right. to talk about relationships and marriage. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't got none. You know, you know, what, right. good, what good is it? Uh, she made more money than me. Right? Okay. I'm a broke, overweight preacher. Right? We have been dating for years. Just to your point about building and we have this idea of a finished product. No, relationships are on the assembly line. Constantly, constantly building. We had been dating for years, and I was going through this process where I'm, I'm maturing and I'm growing, and I'm, I'm thinking about, man, well, where am I going? And so I really had this idea that I was going to be a, an abstinent preacher for the rest of my life. Wow. I was going to be that committed to, to God and to ministry. I wasn't going no more. And so I called her and I said, hey, I'd, I'd been such a failure at relationships, I was afraid to try to take it to the next level with her because I loved her so much and I had so much respect for her. I, 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 wouldn't, I didn't want to try that and fail. So I said to her, I don't, wanna, I don't think I want to get married. I think it's best you move on with your life. I don't want to hold you up. And I'm waiting for her to do the typical thing, you know, that women do. Why? What can I do to change? You know, uh, please, please. The girl told me, Okay. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Wow. The yeah. girl told me, okay. Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. She left. I didn't hear no more from her. 
it was later that I I found out that she had a new boyfriend. Mm. Now I'm the one put myself in this position, right? I'm an overweight, broke preacher, unsuccessful at the time, really, to be honest with you. I hear she had a new boyfriend, but not only does she have a new boyfriend, he's a big league baseball player. He couldn't even be minor league. <laughs> <laughs> if he was minor league, I could have made jokes about it. <laughs> right, right. He's a, he's a, not only is he a big league baseball player, he's a starter. Mm. He's a millionaire. He got a six pack. In shape. Wow. In shape. <laughs> Taller than me. <laughs> so here I am, overweight, broke. And then God says to me, well, I go to my mom's house. To your point on building, this is just the long Baptist preacher. Way. Go ahead. I go to my mom's house. My mom says, well, where, where's Lisa? I haven't seen Lisa in a while. And I said, well, you know, my, I told Lisa to go on with her life. I don't think I want to be married, you know. And my mom said to me, boy, you, you ain't the kind of man that can be without a woman. Lisa's your wife. You need to go and get your wife. So I tried to play it off, so I got in the car and said, well, now, God, is my mom right? Holy Spirit said, yes, you're right. So now I got to figure out how do me, as a overweight, broke preacher, go and tell this woman who's presently with this millionaire baseball player, the Lord said, you're my wife. Mm. And I did it. And she said, long story short, I feel you. And she came on back to me, Doc. See, that's, that's where you have women who have a sensitivity to God and who understand what God is saying. And so together, she and I have been building the last 29 years. And so while your generation is looking for the high-value man or the high-value woman, God introduced the high-value couple in the book of Genesis mm. where he brought a whole man and a whole woman together and they became something beautiful and amazing that is still impacting the world today. Mm. That's a beautiful love story right there. It really, honestly, yeah. I, now we got to get Lady Blaze to get this second part. I want to figure right. out how she had that conversation. I'm trying to find, I'm wondering, who, who, who was the, the ball player? I, I got to find out all the team. You ain't going to know that. I'm this story. So, what? Okay, so um, okay, so your y- your wife, Mrs. Lisa, right? You talked about how she experienced, you know, some traumatic experience in the past dealing with abuse and, and things like that, and how she was able to come around to um, trusting you, right? Mm-hmm. Her future husband. I want to say that it's a lot of women in that situation mm-hmm. where they have, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty plus have still yet to find a man that they can trust in. Now, I know you did mention that, hey, if you weren't able to find a man, then you have a father that's going to always be with you. Correct. But then some of those women as well who also have a severed relationship with their father. father. So if you are in that situation, what exactly do you do to put yourself in the position where you would even – be willing to trust a man for the first time? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a question I get a lot dealing with women, right? The first step is to work on you, make you the priority, build you. 
when you find a man that you think might fit the bill, you, you invest trust. Trust is not something I can mm. give you. Trust is something I have to invest. And what is, the, what is the basic advice we get when it comes down to investments? Don't invest beyond your comfort level. Don't invest more than you know you can afford to lose at any given time. So they, they want to know your risk tolerance. So when a woman is broken, she has to answer the question, what is my risk tolerance? So you trust a man before he realizes that you're trusting him. And then you intentionally trust the man and you see what he does with it. And as he, as he proves to be consistent, this is why it takes time. This is why people like Tony Gaskins and myself say, stay out the bed. Mm. Because once you get in the bed, now your head is in the bed. Now you got soul ties. Now you all over the place. You can't even make a wise decision for yourself. Stay out of the bed so you can watch this man you can see this man be consistent. This man can prove to you that he's a safe man because the right man for you is going to be the safest man you've ever had in your life. Mm. Take your time, invest your trust bit by bit by bit. Make certain that everything is aligning. Stop rushing. Women are, when you're desperate for the last thing you need. If you, if you feel like you need a relationship, the last thing you need is a relationship. Women typically fall into the best relationships when they're not looking for one. Wow. Because if you're, if you're searching for a relationship and you feel like you need a relationship, you know what you feel like you need it for? Fulfillment or happiness. Much as I love that woman over there, she can't make me happy. I can't make her happy. That's a personal inside job. Work on that. And then when you see somebody that looks like they, uh, they assist that happiness, trust them, invest your trust, step by step, bit by bit, and let time prove it. Mm. I would say a lot of the, the dating coaches that you would hear from would probably say something a little bit different. So much uh, so as to, you know, instruct women to, send that first message, uh, invite a man on that first date. Is there ever any uh, time that a woman, it's okay for a woman to, you know, pursue a man? No, mm. not a masculine man. Mm. Any woman has ever pursued me, I ran from. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. I'm serious about that. I can I'm, agree I'm, that. If there's one thing I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of, of aggressive women. When a woman steps out of her feminine and steps into that masculine role, I'm gonna get what I want. Oh no, mm -mm. no, no, no! It ain't, it ain't, it ain't. It's never. Dude, the dude has to pursue. It's the first stage of leadership. Mm. Now, unless you're dating for something other than marriage, I mean, I don't know why, why, why else you be out here dating if you're not looking to find your one. It's the first stage of leadership. If a man is not enough leader to make the call, walk across the room, or say, hey, hello, how are you respectfully? Can we get a cup of coffee? Why are you out here shooting your shot? Mm. You're desperate. 
Why, why else would you? And see, now you have a culture where women are listening to men and men are saying to them, yeah, you shoot your shot because now we're going to manipulate you and run through you mm. and use up all of your youth in the middle of a bed because we separated you from your virtue. You were never connected to it because you didn't have a father to tell you your worth or your value. You out here shooting your shot when it's the man's job to pursue you. I was with another friend of a mutual friend, Greg Davis. I was on his show telling him, I, ain't no dude no prize. <laughs> ain't no dude no prize. Ain't no dude no prize. That woman is the prize, man. Mm. And so you supposed to be, you supposed to just present, you supposed to attract, and you supposed to prove when you in your femininity and you at your you at your best version as a woman. Oh, come on, man. You know, y'all know how it go. I, I, listen, yeah, first I of agree all, with you. I know exactly what you mean because. When I think of a woman that pursues me or has ever mm-hmm. like attempted to, you know, reach out to me, the first, as sad as I is the my honest thoughts, the first thing I'm thinking, sex. I could easily Correct. easily have sex with that one. Correct. Easily. So you like can't the, see her as thoughts. wife. Yeah. You can't see her as wife. You can't see her as wife. That's why you're not getting out. That's why they're not getting to the altar. They're shooting all these shots. They're getting in the middle of the bed. They may, be get, they may get a, a, a child out of it, or out of wedlock, but they ain't getting to no altar. It's because wives don't pursue. Mm. I want to ask you this because you talked about, you said something that was powerful. You said the man that, you probably gonna, that you're going to end up with is going to be the safest man that you've ever been with. Correct. And I think that so many women have been in places that have not been safe. They don't even know what safety looks and feels like. Mm-hmm. So what does this safe place look like? Because I think it's safety beyond physical protection. Correct. So if you can describe what you mean by that safe space, what does that actually look like? That's where a woman can be emotionally vulnerable and not taken advantage of. You know, as men, we have, um, we learn in the barbershop how to emotionally manipulate a woman. They teach us that in the barber. We were talking Absolutely. before while the cameras were off. The same uncle that teaches the, the sister and the niece to keep your dress down and stay away from these little boys will come in the backyard and take the nephews and the sons and teach them how to go across the street and get under the dress of the, the neighbor's daughter. That's how conflicted it is. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it, he's a man that um, she can be emotionally vulnerable with and she's a man that she never has to second guess his loyalty or his word. He's so consistent. You know, like I have this thing because of my history. You know, um, when my wife and I got married, first and only woman I've ever been faithful to, right? I developed this, this thing that I call um, intentional accountability where she doesn't have to ask me to be accountable, where I would leave my phone on the kitchen counter and go take a ride, where I say, okay, well, you know, I've changed my, my, my passcode here. I want you to know, check, check, you know, write it down so you can get in here if you need to get in here. 
You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Voluntary accountability. What does that do for a woman? That puts a woman in a place where her man is saying to her without having the conversation, I ain't got nothing to hide. You can trust me. I'm going to be over here. Here's the number if you need to call. This is the house number if you need to call. You know, where you live your life so consistently that she never, ever has a trust issue. That's the safest place a woman can be in with a man. When she has a man and she feels like, I can trust him, can't beat it. First of all, this is how I know he an OG. He said, I'm going to be over here. Here's the house number. <laughs> First of all, you remember being house numbers? Right. The house number. The oh house my number. gosh. Wait, look, a lot of y'all, depending on your age, you don't even know what a house number is. <laughs> now, the... The thing is with with women now, you know, they they are focused and and driven, a lot of them. And um, I would say a lot of them uh, identify with being ambitious. Correct. And I know when you talked about, you know, we kind of talked a bit off camera about kind of what was going on in the studio, right? It's just a bachelor's den up yeah. here. Yeah. And you talk about no what ladies a, touching our studio, <laughs> right? You talked about what a what a woman, potentially us bringing a woman onto the team, what it would do. Just like a, if a, a man was to bring a, a woman into his life as Correct. a wife. Correct. But how does a, a woman still maintain her queenship and be a helpmate for a man and do all bring all the wonderful things that a woman brings, but also still be able to pursue her own ambitions? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think it boils down to... <clears throat> Number one, she has to have a man that's not demanding her to divorce herself. Mm. I think that's where where a lot of the sisters are running into problems. They have men that are saying, okay, well, if we're going to be together, you got to X this out your life, X that out of your life. I think that's a bad place to start. I think we have to start at a place where a man respects your grind, your life, your pursuits, your ambitions, you respect his, but now we come together and now we create, we formulate what what does this family vision look like? Back to our story again. She's a nurse. That's her thing. I never asked her to not do that, right? Besides, she was making more money than me anyway, correct? She's helping me in the church and ministry and all of that. Well, then we decided, okay, well, we want to have a kid. So she had our daughter. Rachel. And um, at the time, I'm like, well, we're having this conversation. I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to send her into nursery school because, you know, people kind of weird and I'd rather her be taken care of at home until she can talk. I said, can you consider, you know, taking off a, a few years and raising her? Well, that's turned into 26 years, something like that. But that was a decision she and I came to together. I think it's it's a matter of, and then it's also a matter of having a man that bobs and weaves with you. There are times that I submit to what she needs to do. You know, when we think about this term submission, right? we automatically say, okay, well, I'm beating my chest. The Bible says you got to submit to me. The reality is the way a relationship works, we each submit to the vision Whatever the vision is, whatever we know God has outlined as the vision for our family, we both submit to it. Sometimes that means she's going to show up with 60. 
I'm going to show up with 40. She may show up with 70 at a certain point. I'm showing up with 30. Then there are going to be days where I'm going to have to show up with 60. She'll sh show up with 40 because we're submitted to the vision of the family. The man serves the woman. The woman serves the man. The family is the better for it. It's not about who's boss. It's about accomplishing the objectives. And you mentioned this uh, this arrangement, 60, 40, 70, 30, because the 50-50 conversation is mm. out of control at this point. <laughs> it is. And I, I think it's some, <laughs> some confusion into what 50-50 even represents. Like, is it financial? Is it house duties? Kind of, you know, what is it? And, um, you know, a lot of the, our initiatives, they communicate with us. Some of the w young ladies are, are still working. Mm -hmm. And they communicate this level of exhaustion from having Correct. to work and then come home with all of these other, you know, house responsibilities and expectations. So as a woman, is there an ideal, you know, relationship structure that the woman should be looking for? And, you know, does it develop, you know, does it develop over time? Like, I'm just trying to figure out for a queen, what is the ideal relationship structure that she should even be looking to invest in? Um, I don't think that anybody can, I can't give you my model and you apply it or you apply it. I think each of you will have to figure that out within the context of your particular relationships. Uh, but relative to the the basic conversation that I'm just kind of hearing bits of here and there relative to the 50-50 thing, I don't think a woman should ever marry a man. Well, let me let me back up. No, I'll say it this way. I don't think a woman should ever marry a man that does not have a mind to 100% provide for her. Mm. If you sit down and you have a conversation with a man as a woman and he's sitting, he's, he's bringing up 50-50, I want you to come up with 50, I'm going to come up with He's not a masculine man in my opinion. That, that makes so much sense. Because a masculine man, though she made more money than me, I knew where I was going. Mm. All I needed from her was just give me some time, and just just walk with me for a minute. But as a masculine man, I knew where I was going. If I were a woman, I would dismiss any man that came up with a conversation about 50-50. Wow. Because he's lacking somewhere in terms of his masculinity. And so what the model looks like, sometimes that's going to be a professional woman that has vetted a man that has 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 been with a guy and maybe he don't even have a job right now but she believes in his dream and everybody around her that's why you can't have the voices outside right saying oh, he he's a bum he's a bum and he may be the next Tyler Perry mm. you feel what I'm saying so it looks different for everybody but I think the 50 50 conversation boils down to Energy, masculine energy versus feminine energy. Feminine energy, feminine energy has to be nurtured. It has to be protected. Masculine energy has to perform. Any man that's talking about 50-50 is falling back off of, that's just my opinion. And I know I'm old school and I know a lot of folk don't agree with me. But that's all right. No, that's fair because we actually did an episode on that. And um, uh, Brother Yada came up on here and expressed that in the strongest way. Just a lot of the men same off. Same message. Perspective, yeah. The essence was that it's our uh, responsibility to provide. He added, he added a little harsh language on it. I think yeah. uh, uh, 
piss some of the men off. But I spoke to a, a, a really good friend of mine and he expressed um, some concern about the message as well. And here's what he expressed um, specifically because he is a brother that does want to have or see himself being the 100% provider. Correct. But right now that's not where he's at. Correct. So what he asked was how can we have an health, a healthy masculine feminine dynamic in the home until you reach that point as a man how can what what do i need to do as a man to have a healthy household on the way to being that 100 percent whole provider of my home the bible says where there's no vision the people perish right so when you have that 100 percent heart as a man you have to simply clearly communicate where you're going to your woman so that she understands every day in and out that this is not where we're parking at. We're not gonna camp out here. We're moving. That's what I did with my wife. I kept the vision. I kept telling, this is where we're going. She, st she kept watching it unfold. And so now what? The motivation is there. She, she feels good about her man. We're moving in the right direction. And then when we, when we get there, now all the naysayers say, ah, I knew he was going to do it. Yeah, you see? So there are a lot of young women today that are making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some men that's going to marry women that you never make more money than that woman. Another beautiful thing this lady across the room did, this, this is an indication that a woman really loves you too. A woman will make these adjustments for you. She made certain that she kept our lifestyle at a place where I could afford to take care of it. Wow. That's big. That's, That's big. So whatever she made, really, it could have been, we used it. We were young. We were just wasting money. We used it, but she kept our lifestyle. She's never put a financial burden on me. I've always given her more, much, 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 much more than she's demanded. You know, mm. so I'll say that relative to young men. You, you need a woman that sees where you are, understands the vision of where you're going, but loves you enough to make the adjustment to make certain that she lives within your means. Now, if you got a woman that's making a million a year, well, eh, that's a whole different right. ball game. But, you know, that's a whole different rule book there. But generally, I'm speaking. No, that's I, so she putting them Birkin bag pressure on you well that's and great you, counsel, you, yeah. you, you a applebee's waiter correct that's a bad sign player correct, correct. No, that's, that's great counsel because you hear a lot of women say you know i'm not willing to make adjustments to my lifestyle for a man well you know? and and to be fair now if a woman is there where she's making that half million seven figures a year and she's living in a gated community right. and maybe you're less than a hundred thousand dollars a year but she loves you and she respects you now the onus is on you as a man to step up to the plate with the maturity and not feel as though your manhood is challenged by the amenities your woman provides. Now, if she's disrespecting you and hand handling you like you to help, you know, get your grip and get to moving. That ain't your woman. Right. But if she, if she respects you and she, she wants to take all of her resources and her knowledge and put behind your vision... Mm. Don't get upset because the woman got you 
punching the code to get into the gated community. Go and live, player. You feel what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Don't, don't, don't be up, you know, come on down to this apartment with me. Mm. No, man. Elevate. Elevate. And, and, and grow into it. Sometimes God gives us women like that to pull us up to the next level. So it, that's why there's no, no particular rule book that can be applied to any particular relational dynamic. You got to figure it out for yourselves. You know what that reminds me of, man? What's that? That makes so much. Let me tell you why that makes so much sense. Me and Ron, we first started a real estate company. The office place was my one-bedroom apartment. Wow. But see, we were already mature business people because we left a prior business um, that we ran, but this was going to be our first business that we actually owned ourselves. So we already knew we wanted to do it big. We wanted to have people coming in. We wanted to have employees. We wanted to put systems in place to grow it fast. So we actually had interviews in my one bedroom apartment. Crazy. And the office space for the interview, the private space was a very small balcony of a one bedroom apartment on a picnic table. But see, we had a grand vision and we knew who we were. Like we knew what kind of businessmen we were. So we had absolute confidence. And we sat in that one bedroom apartment on a balcony, mm-hmm. on that picnic table with absolute confidence, interviewing folks. With a clipboard and a pool party, going, pool like, party going on. Yeah, like some, <laughs> some ratchetness going on on the outside. And we interviewing people. And we having a whole professional interview. <laughs> and we doing all the fundamental things you're saying. We're prophetically letting them know where we going as yeah. a company. Like where the vision is, where they going to be, where they going to end up. And as a matter of fact, the person that came on the team, not only did we communicate it then, Every year, we made sure not only did we have weekly meetings to check his temperature, see how he was, and make sure he was on, we was on the same page, but we used to do this annual, pretty much this annual meeting where we would communicate next year's vision. Wow. Where we going? How we taking it to the next level? Even while we didn't have our money together, we were still broke that whole first year. Me and Ryan, we was, he, he was getting his paycheck, but we was living off credit cards. Yep. And about to go out of business in many ways. Mm-hmm. But we made sure we communicated that vision with absolute confidence. Correct. And he was ex- excited as hell about where we was going. And we had no damn money. And we had to consistently communicate that over and over again until it finally came to be. Yes, sir. And that's really what that reminds me of. Yeah. So you, if somebody really believes enough in a vision, they could have nothing extrinsically there. To see, touch, or feel, and still be motivated and excited on that Absolutely. side. Absolutely. And the right woman, see, I'm listening to your, your language. You said communication, um, consistency. There's another C you used in there. Uh, clarity is the word I heard. If a man is consistently communicating uh, and he's consistently clear about where we're going and the woman is seeing consistent growth, that's really the currency that a woman needs to stay motivated mm. in a relationship with a man. You know, he may not have the cash right now, but if he's communicating that vision and he waking up every day and he's doing that thing and she's seeing the results, that's the, that's the, that's the currency a woman needs to, to buy in to a relationship with a man. That's why I like the way you broke down 50, 50, cause it's not about the money. It's not about the it's money. It's not about the money. It's mindset. Yeah. And when women when women have an issue with 50-50, what they're subconsciously, they they may not even realize it. They are upset about the fact that this dude is not showing up as a whole man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when we had babies. 
I changed the diaper too. You know, right. I mean, I, 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 I you know, <laughs> but that wasn't my ministry. You know, I know we're in a day and time where we don't like to have specific role designations for the, you know, the the male, the female. But yeah, I mean, let me back out of that. I'm getting in trouble with this. <laughs> You're right. We're going to take it easy on you. We got to wait to the next easy. episode. So, RC, uh, a few weeks ago, okay, we had a show. And um, we had one of our initiates chime in with a, a message. And what she mentioned was how much she loved the platform mm-hmm. and how much she loved that particular message, which is it was more of a transformational message, I would say, that, that yeah. particular episode. And she advised anybody listening to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And it was take it seriously. Otherwise, you'll be like me, 70 years old and lonely. And I was really concerned and saddened by that statement. Because I thought my thought was, well, how many women out there are having the same outlook? And they may not all be 70. You know, they could be 20, 30, 40, whatever age. So obviously you're a lot more wise than me. So I think you'd be able to communicate a a stronger and more impactful message to any woman, even a man, that at their deepest core – their feeling, their mindset is, although I love this and although I'm interested and Correct. engaged in this message, Correct. it's just too late for me. So how would you communicate to that person? Ironically, um, it was Mike Tyson who I heard say this the first time. I don't think it originates with him, but he's the first person I heard say this. Well, ask this question, this thought-provoking question. How old would you be if there were no calendars? If there was no concept of time, 12 months, so forth and so on, how old would we be? We would be as old as our thoughts. And the Bible puts it this way. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's no such thing. There's never a time where... Life is beyond you. If the creator has awakened you, it means that there is life and potential in front of you. And to your point, I hear women in their 40s saying, well, it's it's beyond, it's too late for me. It's over. And it's because, you know, we've said to them, well, you hit the wall, you run over the cliff, you know, and we as men, toxic masculinity many times puts this idea on a woman's consciousness that, there's a certain, amount of, a certain amount of time that she's of value. L- using my own life, for instance, here at 59 years old, now I'm at a point where I'm realizing my own mortality. And I'm moving into those older years of my life. And so now I'm really trying to do the things to be more vital in my older years. So I hired a young guy around y'all's ages, you know, to come in and he comes to the house and he trains me and my wife. I'm physically able to do things now at 59 that I probably wasn't able to do in my 30s wow. because it's never beyond you. It's, you're just one thought away from making a choice. And when a woman thinks about being um, eligible for a man that would come into her life and be that guy, well, that whole attraction, it starts by what's going on between your ears. It's the energy that you're projecting. 
Now, if, if you can be the most beautiful woman in the world, you may be 70 years old, you may look like you're 50, but if between your ears you feel like, I'm not of value, I'm not of worth, that's the energy. And even if a man is interested, you won't even be able to receive it because of the energy. It's the way you're going to read everything. And so I would say there's no such thing. I wish I had had this question. I would have probably pulled up some examples of women, uh, you know, from our movement Mm. that are older than her. Wow. That have found love and gotten married. There's no such thing. 70 years old, you just 11 years older than me. Come on now. You can't give up on it that fast. <laughs> and God can do that. But God does his part, but then we have to do ours. The sexiest thing in the framework of a woman is her mindset. And if a woman wakes up every day and she believes, I am it, it'll manifest. Let me tell you, the queen, listen, a lot of queens going to be produced right. after they hear this. Yes, the rising yeah. queens. <laughs> the rising queens. Yeah, the rising queens about to hit another level on this one. And uh, I, I just thank excellent. you so much, you know, R.C. Blakes for coming up on here and, you know, giving us some game, the people some game. I know you coaching up, you know, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of talk from father to daughter, but also from father to son, you know, Correct. being able to speak to young men and us hearing you is just as important as well. Correct. And a lot of people might be a little bit confused about what we stand for and what we're doing, but we really do want to be a light in this world and in this space. And I appreciate you coming up on here today and making us a little bit brighter. Thank you for having me. I'm honored because you guys, you know, hey, man, let me give you your flowers while you're here. Two years? Two years. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys are really like the the hottest thing out here right now. And not just hot in the sense of hype, but hot in the sense of substance. Mm. And the thing I love, I think we talked about this off camera, the thing I love most about what you're doing is that you guys are authentic. Yeah, You're real dudes trying to get it right. And you're doing it live and in living color before the whole world. So people that are confused, just stay tuned. They'll understand it in a minute. I received yeah. that, and uh, thank you so much. That really means a lot. I know um, you got some dates set that you actually going to do an in person experience in Atlanta. Yes, sir. Mm. So let's 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 hear about that. The people got to know. You already sir. tell. Yes, Please sir. let them know. We are bringing Queenology twenty twenty four to Atlanta, August twenty third through the twenty fifth. It's going to be at the Whitley Hotel in Buckhead. Nice. And uh, registration is open right now. Just go to queenology.net. Um, and and tickets are going fast. VI, half of the VIP is already sold out. Mm. Oh, we got to get the links for that. Yeah. Then. We, we got to oh, yeah, get the links yeah, for that. We do. And so we're going to drop a link in the description. So yes. y'all can actually click in the yeah. description right now Thank you. to go ahead and, and get your tickets for that. Absolutely. So, so is it like a one-day experience? No, it's going to be... Uh, what is it, Lee? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Ooh. Something like that. Oh, this is a transformational um, experience. Then. We're closing out the Queenology theme song. Is if you go to my you check out my YouTube every Monday night, I open with this song. It's sung by Dave Hollis. It was written and performed exclusively for Queenology. And women all over the world love it. Dave is going to be here in person. He's gonna it's gonna be all white parties bringing the band, he's bringing everybody. 
and Dave Hollis is going to be singing the Queenology theme song, She, as well as some of his other amazing hits. Wow. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Man, you know know what's crazy? We did not even tell RC that this was going to be the topic, but what a better way to tell y'all and get y'all excited about the Queenology event. Facts. Because if you like this hour and 30 minute show, then you gotta like and love this three day experience. That's tremendous, man. And here in Atlanta, right? Right here in Atlanta. Bucket. Oh, man, that's exciting. That's exciting. So, yeah, yeah, go ahead, click the link in there. We're gonna have that for you guys. Fellas gotta just stand outside. They gotta pull up and they bring the whips. The queen's gonna be there, fellas. Just be waiting with some flowers. They're gonna be there. They're gonna be there from all over the world, Doc. All over the world. Man, I love that. And and again, I wanna thank you again and also give you your flowers because you have, again, been one of the most principal voices online and um you know have truly been a light and by the testimonies that i hear from the people i know and not even know but all of them are consistently saying and giving the same message about the the messages that you've been putting out into this world mm-hmm. so thank you so much thank for you. your work uh and thank you so much family for tuning in to another episode a hardly initiated Y'all better like and subscribe this joint here. Don't make it this far. Because some of them been holding and not out. At least, y'all been holding out. They've been holding out for you to come on the show. They they like, I like them, but I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to subscribe yeah. to RC. I, I yeah, I don't know if RC really rock with them. Right, I rock right. with RC. Give us that subscribe today, please. But listen, we love y'all. We are out.